The second lesson today comes from the New Testament. It is the book of Romans, the 14th chapter, beginning at the verse numbered one. I invite you to hear the word of God. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will, they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it in honor of the Lord. Also those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God. While those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die unto the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, so that Christ might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each of us will be accountable to God. This is the word of the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. When I was growing up in Pittsburgh, the radio play-by-play -play announcer for the Pittsburgh Pirates was a man named Bob Prince. My father actually worked with him broadcasting Penn State football games in the 1950s. My father said that off the air, Bob Prince couldn't say one sentence without a swear word, but, when, but he never swore when the microphone was on. He did, however, have a whole bunch of unique Bob Prince-isms to describe what was going on in a baseball game. When someone hit a home run, he would say, you can kiss it goodbye. When a pirate player named Willie Stargell hit a home run, it was chicken on the hill with Will. And an easy fly ball to catch was a can of corn. I learned years later the can of corn was not, in fact, original to Bob Prince. The phrase in baseball goes as far back as the 19th century, and it made its way into baseball lingo by way of grocery clerks using sticks to get things off of high shelves, like a can of corn. Knocking a can of corn off the high shelf and catching it in their apron. An easy catch, a can of corn. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Just a few weeks ago, my wife Kathy used an expression that I have absolutely never heard of in all my life. I don't even remember what we were talking about. It, perhaps it was a reference to something going off the rails, maybe a recipe or 
went bad or a plan we had, and Kathy said it just went pear-shaped. She explained that the expression means for something to go wrong, to go south, like the cheese slipping off the cracker. I, of course, didn't believe her and knew she was just making it up. <laughs> so I went to look it up, and sure enough, there it was, gone pear-shaped. The expression is rooted in British literature. And once again, my lack of knowledge related to the Jane Austen Library <laughs> catches me up. <clears throat> So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. I officiated at a wedding for a clergy colleague a long, long time ago, and the minister was marrying someone who was a member of the Philadelphia Opera Company. The minister had some good vocal chops as well, and during the ceremony, they sang a duet setting of Entreat Me Not. Imagine where the two were standing and where I was standing right close to them, listening to an opera star and the minister sing, entreat me not to leave you or turn from following you. Where you go, I will go. It is, or maybe used to be, an often used wedding song. The text comes from the book of Ruth in the Hebrew Bible. And in the biblical context, the expression the text has nothing to do with marriage. It is Ruth expressing her love, devotion, and belonging to her mother-in-law, Naomi. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. From the Apostle Paul, the 14th chapter of the book of Romans. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. An expression, a text, a phrase from Paul, often paired with other Pauline verses like, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8. Or, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all die, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. 1 Corinthians 15. Or, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Philippians chapter 3. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. When one drops the apostle's phrase back into the context of Romans 14, it is a game changer, a meaning changer. Romans 14 is not the soaring theological treatise of Romans chapter 8. Romans 14 is not the rhetorical, rhetorical flourish that tells of Paul's understanding of the dead being raised. Romans 14 is not the poetic spiritual yearning to press on toward the goal of the prize in the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. As you heard and read, in Romans 14, Paul is writing about the issues of food choices, dietary laws, Sabbath keeping, judgment, and self-righteousness. 
It's a plea to avoid quarreling over opinions and an exhortation to honor and give thanks to God in the mundane practice of life. It is Paul writing about life, ordinary everyday life and food and relationships and community. And right smack in the middle of it all, Paul drops a resurrection song. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. It is Paul weighing in, not on death, but on life, Romans 14. It is not about dying. It's about living. A bit more than a week ago, I witnessed my first in-person example of unfortunate behavior on an airplane. I was flying back from Louisville, Kentucky. The flight had been delayed for almost three hours because of thunderstorms here in Philadelphia. The plane that was to come from Philly and then return to Philly sat on the runway in Philadelphia for more than two and a half hours waiting for the storms to pass. It's a very small plane, one seat on one side, narrow aisle, two seats on the other. Even I had to duck. 36 seats in total. After we boarded, the pilot called the attendant, the flight attendant, forward to the cockpit. I could see because I was in seat 2A in the single row. The attendant turned around to those of us in the front and said, the pilot has told me that three of you up here in the front will have to go to the rear of the plane. There are plenty of seats back there and we are currently unbalanced. <laughs> I will admit that I expected the physics of flying on a plane to be a bit more sophisticated than that. <laughs> I would have understood more if the attendant could have actually seen my girth, but I was sitting down. But the person behind me demanded to have further explanation. And as a few of us got up to move to the back, a pregnant woman in a seat of two by herself said that she would go. The attendant said, no, you're staying right there. The person in seat 3A wouldn't move said it was unfair. The attendant was clearly exhausted and now frustrated. Sir, we just sat on this little plane for more than two and a half hours on a runway in Philly. I'm going to remain polite, but I can tell you that if the pilot has to come out of the cockpit to ask you to move, he'll have you removed from the plane. At that point, another person volunteered. The pilot never came back, and the man never moved. As I sat in the back with now two seats to myself and put some Bach music on to play in my earbuds, I thought about how I taught my kids when they were about four that life isn't fair. Long before social media violence videos and violence, long before social media videos started going viral with bad behavior in the everyday experiences of life, the Apostle Paul wrote to tell the church in Rome that how one lives life day to day in and among others matters. And it matters to God because whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. It's more than a promise of 
resurrection hope and eternal life. It's about a life together infused in absolutely every way with resurrection hope, resurrection promise, and resurrection power. It's not just about shouting, Christ is risen. Not just about shouting it on Easter morning, it's about living it long about Wednesday and praying in the dark of night and whispering it with your life into the world's chaos. It's about living in the light and mystery of resurrection hope every day, basking in the love and the grace of God and passing forward the life-giving, life-sustaining power of God's love to those around you moment by moment by moment. It's not just about singing, abide with me, hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes, shine through the gloom and point me to the skies in life and in death, Lord, O Lord, abide with me. It's about dropping a resurrection song with the forgiveness you sow in life and proclaiming the resurrection gospel with how you treat others in your office and giving a resurrection witness with unconditional love you can now give back to a parent whose health and mind are fading fast. It's the assurance of God's resurrection presence you cling to when the loneliness of the first week on campus rises up. It's that resurrection strength you didn't know you had that carries you the day after the diagnosis. It's the grabbing hold of a future now and forever in God's hands as the tears fall down your cheeks when you turn from the baptismal font with an infant in arms or as your child climbs the steps of the school bus for the first time or as your newly minted freshman almost forgets the hug outside the dorm as you say goodbye. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. It's the Resurrection confidence that calms you at day's end and lifts you at day's beginning. It's the resurrection hope that echoes in your ears and beats in your heart when news of earthquakes, fires, hurricanes, and floods never stops. It's that resurrection rising that you see when communities rebuild, when people come together for the common good, when hearts are changed and lives are transformed, and when love and kindness rises again out of the ashes of hatred, nastiness, and just plain bad behavior. It's the incomparable resurrection comfort that can carry you all of your days, every day. The belief deep within that I belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus the Christ. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. So then, Paul writes, each of us will be accountable to God. Accountable for our own judgment and self-righteousness. Yikes! Speaking just for myself, thank goodness grace abounds. Paul is also calling us to be accountable for the proclamation and witness to God's resurrection hope, God's resurrection promise, and God's resurrection power in our lives. One early 20th century theologian and biblical scholar notably argued that Christ rises from the dead each and every Sunday when the word is preached. 
when the gospel is proclaimed. I, for one, can tell you preachers like me, we're not that good. But you and your witness to the resurrection, it starts with you and in the smallest, most ordinary ways that you could ever imagine. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Amen.